Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Argyle Chat. After having Neil Warnock as a guest last week, I can only apologise that it's just myself, Jack Ball and Chris Errington here this week. A bit more bare, isn't it? Yeah, we're a bit reduced on numbers, but plenty to talk about uh, after Argyle's uh, latest win. Lots going on at Home Park. Um, so yeah, no, hopefully um, a good park- podcast as always. Um, so before we talk about Argyle, I thought it would be good to just have a quick chat about Neil Warnock coming into the office last week. Mm-hmm. It, it was great, wasn't it, having him here? Yeah, really great to have Neil's um, company. Uh, came into to Plymouth to see us, which was fantastic. And um, I don't know, the th- when you listen to him, it's not surprisingly, he is what you see on the TV and mm-hmm. on the radio. He, he speaks his mind, he's got some great stories. Yeah. I could have sat there and listened to him for two or three hours. I don't know about you. He's just a normal guy, isn't he? Mm. And, and I find that, especially managers that have been higher up the level, if you're just a normal guy, despite the fact you've been managing the Premier League, probably earning a fortune, but you mm. don't come across as that type of person. He's, he's probably no different to what he was when he wasn't earning a fortune, I'd imagine. So No, I mean, he's a Yorkshireman and he, you know, he's done a fantastic job pretty much everywhere he's been mm. as a manager. Managed at the highest level, managed in non-league, as he told us, and the way he's uh, gone through the ranks and served his, served his time and, and at his age, he's still, you can tell he, he would love to be back in football management when he, if the right opportunity cropped up. So um, That's he's a great character as well and I think slowly we're losing a bit of that in football. Mm. So I think some, sometimes managers can get told off for really giving their real opinions and yeah. but he is that type of manager that just gives his opinion and I think he's loved for it, isn't he? Yeah, yeah no, um, very much so. So also, mm. worth mentioning, well done to Stuart James, who normally hosts this for yeah. getting Neil Warnock onto the podcast as well. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know beforehand, mm. like, hopefully it didn't show when I was speaking to Neil Warnock, <laughs> but I was uh, quite nervous beforehand, probably the mm. most nervous I've been. Mm. Um, not only because I have respect for him, but because he was a Premier League manager last mm. season. But you've interviewed a lot of people throughout your career. So mm. before, again, before we talk about Argyle, who stands out for you? I mean, it's been a long time you've been in the game now. It is, yeah. Probably more League 2 managers than I would have liked. I would have liked more Premier League managers rather than League 2 <laughs> managers. <laughs> but uh, I suppose when you report on Plymouth Argyle for as long as I have, you've probably got to accept it's going to be more League 1 and League 2 than uh, Championship and higher. Um, no, I've interviewed and met lots of uh, good people. I mean, you know, growing up, working, with, for example, with Peter Reid. Mm. Uh, when I was younger, he played for England. He played for the Everton team that won the league. Um, I used to, you know, love the way he played and everything like that. He was a real heart and a sleep player. So to get the chance to actually sort of work with him, mm. media, football club manager, I, I enjoyed that because he was a good guy. And it's one of those, a little bit like we've spoken about before, that sometimes if you've, I wouldn't say Peter Reid was a hero of mine, but he was somebody I respected and yeah. admired. And then when you get to meet them and deal with them on a, you know, two, three, four time a week basis, it's would be disappointing if you met someone like that and they weren't as good a person as you thought they might be. And Peter was, a, again, very much like Neil Warnock. I suppose old school managers in lots of ways um, that um, he said what he thought. You know, you could have a good working relationship with him. Uh, Neil mentioned about talking to journalists on an off-the-record basis. You could do that with Peter Reid as well. So I did enjoy, you know, uh, dealing with him and someone who won the been in champion of the English League and won European honours and mm. played for England in World Cups. He was good. Um, you you set me up for this, so I might as well say it because my my all-time favourite interview was was Jack Nicholas, the golfer, 
Right. Um, when I worked in Kent many years ago, I used to be the golf correspondent, which was a good job because I used to go and play at golf clubs all around the county and enjoyed that. And uh, one of them was opened up uh, near the Brands Hatch Racing Track or the London Golf Club, and Jack Nicholas designed the course. Um, and then when the course officially opened, he came over and um, um, I got to meet him and interview him. So I like my golf as, much, as well as my football. So to stand there having an interview with Jack Nicholas, shook hands with him, didn't wash my hands. For... <laughs> was that sort of pinch yourself moment, was it? Yeah, when you stood there and there's, uh, Jack Nicholas is there, mm. you know, one of a uh, true world sporting icon, you know, it'd be like sort of meeting Tiger Woods now, wouldn't yeah. it, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was when I was nervous. I I can I would have been I'm sure I remember it being nervous that day to meet somebody like that. So I was going to ask you, do you fun. do you remember getting nervous for anyone in particular? Yeah, hit, but him. him definitely. Um, and what about now? Do you ever get nervous about a press conference? Do you, or are you just so used to it now? Um, nervous. I suppose when you get the the unveil the managerial unveiling. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say nervous is the word, but you know, you you adrenaline to, is it? That yeah, type? adrenaline, and you know. I think it's you want to make a good impression with, with anybody you meet for the first time, don't you? Sort Especially of. someone you're going to have to have a relationship with for a prolonged period Absolutely. of time. Absolutely. So, you, know, uh, you only get one chance to make a good first impression, isn't it? Yeah. As they say. So, um, but no, we've done lots of press conferences. And as you know, Jack, sometimes press conferences are very much ad hoc, ad hoc, um, stood on the touchline, yeah. you know, in the failing light, shivering, cold, wet. And you might have five minutes to grab somebody for a quick chat sort of thing. So it's uh, you don't always have time to think about it. I mean, you've you've done. I remember interviews. the I remember the first time I did one. I was just more than anything. Mm. I was nervous about asking my questions in front of an audience of other journalists. Yeah. It wasn't so much the manager. If I was one on one, I would have been mm. fine. But it's the thought of almost people judging my questions and thinking, is that worth what you know a good question? So that was, that made me nervous when I first started out in journalism. You know, after after a game, there's a lot going on. You're, you've, you've done a report, you're, you're doing a live blog, mm. you, your mind is racing, well, what am I doing next, what have I got to do? Uh, there's various sort of jobs and tasks you need to do after a game and all of a sudden the manager is, is there to do a post-match interview and sometimes you haven't always thought about too much about what you're going to ask, so you need to sort of... And it could be get, easy to not ask something that was a big talking it, point, exactly. but, can, but two minutes after the interview finished, you think, oh, why didn't I ask about that? Exactly, that is you, as a journalist, that's one of your your worst nightmares you've got to think what are the the talking points yeah. that people are going to want to know, know about you know what are the fans going to be going home talking about and then you've got to remember to and it sounds easy but you've got to remember in in all the sort of flurry of activity in the half an hour after going to make sure you ask the questions that people will want to know answers to because there's no point you know five ten minutes later when the manager's gone and what have you that they say oh why didn't i ask about yeah this that and the other so but it um, happens doesn't it occasionally so it's quickly scrubbing notes down and just trying to think off the off the top of your head about things it's a very different world to when you first started out that's for sure yes very much but, but let's that, get... was a, that was a long time ago though, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> i won't say how old i was, no, no, that no. was. how old were you how many years ago was it 97 i started i was seven years old seven years old yeah and here we are in the same room doing the same podcast. There we go. Blimey. Do you, do you even remember what newspapers were? <laughs> I still don't know what one is. <laughs> but let's move back, back onto Argyle yeah. now. A 1-0 victory for the Pilgrims over Newport. They're keeping that run going. Yes. What's that? Five wins out of six. Mm. Eight out of ten. Um, Quite pleasing stats. Could have been nine out of ten, couldn't it, if it hadn't been for that stoppage time equaliser by Crawley the previous Tuesday. 
we were at both games, weren't we, Crawley and Newport? I, I was really impressed with Crawley. Mm. I thought they were very good, and I'm not so, I was looking at the form table uh, yesterday just for a piece on, on you know who was doing what, and, and they're right up there. And uh, so, although there was probably a little bit of disappointment with a 2 2 draw, if you look at the form table and you look at what Crawley are doing, uh, they I think went on and won again, didn't they, at the weekend? Yeah. Uh, Ollie Palmer scored again. So I don't think 2 2 at home to Crawley was that bad a result, especially when you consider I don't think Argo were at their best. Um, I'm not sure Argyle were at their best against Newport on Saturday either, but they, they got the early goal. Um, you know what type of game it's going to become against New, Newport, don't you? Um, do, do you think, I was going to ask, do you think Ryan Lowe's comments, do you think he called him a car crash? Yes. So was, is that, was that fair, do you think? Um, I think he wanted to make the point that Argyle were never going to get into a sort of a game of football in inverted mm-hmm. commas against Newport. Um did they? Did Newport lump the ball forward and have long throw-ins all game? No, I don't think they did. I mean, Jordan Green, for example, the the right-sided player. Um, if if they were purely a, a you know long ball, get it in the box mm. as much as you can, sort of team. He's not really the type of player you'd have in your side. Jamil Matt is because um, he's got a very good physical presence. But I, I like the way they played. They played four-two-three-one. They had Green on. On one side, uh, they had um, Padre Gammon, their top scorer, just playing in behind Jamil Matz, um, and the left-sided player, uh, whose name escapes me. But they were they were good going forward. They had uh, Robbie Wilmot. Um, they were good going forward. They caused Argyle problems. It was a, it was it was a tough game. So I don't think they were quite as as direct as they might have been, or um, Ryan Lowe might have implied they were. Um, I, so, but, I, was say, I think it's a bit understandable as well when you think about their home pitch. They can't. Mm. They can't. You've got to play to, to a start yes. that suits that pitch. And good football does not suit their pitch, does it? No, I, I saw it on the TV highlights the other day. I don't know if you've seen that mm. the highlights, yeah. but when you consider they spent all that amount of money on the pitch not that long ago, and you look at it now, and we've not been there since August, so but looking at it on the TV, um, it's it's almost as bad as it was a year or two ago. Yeah. So it's, it, you, you're right. Argyle couldn't play the way they do at Rodney Parade. You know, they just couldn't. I feel sorry for fans in circumstances mm. like that because, of course, not everyone can mm. play great football, but you want to be able to put on the best performance you can. And yeah. You're limited with a pitch like that, aren't you? Very much so. So it was a, it was a, it was a good result. Having the disappointment of drawing with Crawley, if, if it had been another draw, people would have felt, yeah, we've dropped a few too many points here. But by, uh, by winning that game... Moving back up into third, moving above Exeter in the table, um, yeah, it was a, it was a good day, and it's it's really you know quite close now, isn't it, at the top of the table? Well, also worth pointing out that Newport have been in the playoffs the last few years, and I think they're in a bit of a false position in the table because they've got quite a few games, games in hand. Games they? in hand, yeah, they have. So if they, if they won those or have a decent run, they they could yet make the playoffs as well. So people, I think you know, you look at the names Crawley and Newport, and they've both been in non-league not that long ago, mm. and. Perhaps you think, oh, well, we should win these games easily. And um, it's not the case. You can throw Stevenage into the mix as well. Yeah. You know, that was a hard-fought win. They Argyle had to work hard against Crawley, work hard against Newport. This is League 2 football. No one, no one is going to make it easy for you. Now, if you can get a goal or two up early on, then the teams that are struggling might not be able to, to stay with you and last the pace. But I think any team that you play in this division, if they're still in, within one goal of you, 
but they will scrap and work. Mostly two players are used to rolling their sleeves up and scrapping and fighting and battling. And Argyle are going to have to work hard for every point they get, I think. There's, and, there's no doubt about it. And I think this season, because there's so few big teams in the league, I think yeah. Argyle are almost people's cup finals in some way. Yeah, they and are. Bradford, you know, mm. like when Argyle went to Portsmouth you know, a couple of years yeah. ago, People don't want to lose that. They want to put up and fight and, and battle. And I think Argyle, that's a tough thing that Argyle got to face. If I was a professional football player and I turned up at Home Park now and saw 10,000 crowd inside that stadium, that would get me fired up. That would get me yeah. motivated. I want to, you know, because in League Two, you play in, a, in front of a lot of 2,000 crowds, 3,000 crowds in, in small grounds. And then you turn up at Home Park and you're like, wow, you know. Um, I was talking to Tim from Newport County, who's one of their media men, a very nice guy. And, you know, he was blown away by the grandstand and how home park was. He said, this is a, this is a championship ground, no doubt at all. It's easy to forget that when you're in the bubble of yeah. being an Argos supporter, um, an Argos journalist or whatever he came it is. Down, quite often see him at Rodney Parade, very nice guy. Um, yeah, and he thought it was a fantastic ground and said, yeah, it should, should be in the championship, which it probably should be, but got to get the results on the pitch before Definitely. that happens and there have been a number of games recently you've touched on it where Argyle just haven't been quite at their mm. best I mean I'm more of the opinion that you know it's an encouraging mm. sign because I've, it's a cliche isn't it but mm. to win championships you have to be able to grind out results mm. when you're not playing at your best mm. do you agree with that or do you think there is a bit of cause for concern there um, I think in the, in the middle of the winter you've just got to keep grinding and grinding and pick up results um, I wouldn't be too concerned about that um, they're still scoring goals I mean, look at the stat that cropped up yesterday that um, in the top four divisions, mm. Argyle are the top league scorers in 2020. So since the start of January, January the 1st, no one has scored more league goals in the Premier League and the EFL than Argyle. So things aren't going that badly, are they? And also, I think in, if you're just looking at League Two, I think mm. only three teams have conceded less. Mm. So both ends are not doing as bad as what some might no. like to believe. No. They they had a great start to January. You know the wins away to Scunthorpe and Carlisle, three goals in each. Then they scored three against Mansfield, didn't they? And it everything's rolling, and um, pe- people perhaps think, oh, we're gonna we're gonna walk it, we're gonna stroll it, but I, I don't think that will happen at all. I think come the it will just be interesting come the end of the season because there's only one team getting relegated this mm. season, and there's a potential for that one team to be relegated. You know, a few weeks before the end of the season, mm-hmm. or there could be a lot of teams this year with nothing to play for in the last five, six weeks of the season. Yeah. Um, because normally teams can either get into the playoffs or could technically still get dragged down into the relegation zone. But if the say Morecambe and Stephen as well adrift, um, or whoever, and the playoff place because there's quite a gap between the playoff places and about. Ninth and tenth yeah. as well, isn't it? There could be it now. If you're lucky and you get a load of teams in that mid pack, you could make some serious progress late on. So, That's a good point, actually. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it works out. So, some teams might be unlucky and have four or five games against the top seven, and other teams might just be playing that mid pack. And that could make a difference because when you get to April and there's nothing to play for. I'm not saying teams go out and don't try, but if they go behind away from home and 
Already on holidays, the expression of yeah, people use, isn't it? Is, yeah, so there's that'll be interesting to see how that shapes up. And also, some managers might use the time to have a look at some of the fringe players they're not sure about, or some of the youngsters. Start planning for next season, yeah, exactly. So that might be something to watch this season good, because um, there's a, I think there was, there's potential for a lot of teams to have nothing to play for in April. Uh, one player who mm. wasn't in the team on Saturday was Anthony Sarsavic, who was missing with injury. To me, it, it showed just how important he's been for Argyle this season. And, you know, he was part of the team that got relegated last year. I wouldn't have been overly surprised if he wasn't in the Rhinos' plans at the start of the season, but he's arguably been Argyle's best player this year. Yes, I would agree with that, I think. Alex Palmer's pretty close to him, but yeah, I think Anthony Sarsari would, would um, probably be Argyle's best player from my point of view. He, he has been a really important player. He's got eight goals. Admittedly, four of those are penalties, but you've still got to... Still got to score them. They're not. Um, they're not a given, are they? When you get penalties, um, we saw him at uh, Home Park on Thursday. He was the player put up for the pre-match press conference. There was no indication when we saw him there that he wouldn't be playing on Saturday. He was in um, very sort of cheery mood as he always is, and um, we had a good chat about his goal scoring record and you know how much he's enjoying. You know how how Plymouth has become the second home team. So he was uh, he, he was in really good cheery form he's played well for the team this season but again you know if you can take somebody like him out of the team and you can still get a win Danny Mayer had missed the previous game hadn't he so uh, they're, they're managing to get through even though they're, they're having some important players missing games Ryan Lowe seems fairly confident that Sarsavik and Josh Grant who also missed the game on Saturday would be fit for the, for the game against Colchester United this coming Saturday so hopefully that's the case and um, you know, missing one game is not the end of the world. It almost gives him a bit of a week's break before a busy sequence of matches when Argyle are going to be playing a lot of Saturday, Tuesdays. Uh, you know, between now and uh, the end of March. And that brings us nicely on to the halftime teaser, which we didn't have last week. So we didn't think Neil Warlock would want to play along. So no, um, that's fair enough. I've got the well. More, oh. more importantly, he we would rather listen to him than me giving up praise to a former Argyle player. You've got a special sheet of paper, Jack. I do have a special sheet of paper. Okay. It's, it's much easier to hide it from one person than it is two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So I'll read out the clues. Okay. Chris has got both right so far. Okay. Um, and then we'll go to the break, and then afterwards we'll uh, we'll reveal all. Okay. So clue number one. Yes. He was born on the twenty first of April, yeah. nineteen eighty two, in Kil. Burn, London. So that's 1837. Yeah, okay. Kilburn, East London. Your maths is better than mine. Yeah. He made his Football League debut against Plymouth Argyle on September the 13th, 2003. So that would have been 2003. So don't don't tell me who you think it is, but if you get an inkling, let me know. Yeah, I'm trying to work out. So 2003 Argyle would have been in League... What is now League One, yeah. In in that game, he yeah. played for Luton Town and was subbed off after 40 minutes. Ooh. Um. Next clue. Okay. He was a striker mm-hmm. that only reached double figures for goals twice in his career. Once for Bristol City in 2006, 2007, mm-hmm. and once for Tranmere Rovers in 2010, 2011. Both teams were playing in League One at the time. Okay. Any inkling yet? Mm-hmm, I think. Possibly, yeah. I thought this was a tough one, so if you yeah. do, I'm, I'm going to have to make it even harder yeah. next week. He joined Argonne... This, this might be where it, it yeah. seals the deal for you. He joined Argonne alone in March 2014, mm-hmm. made seven appearances but didn't score a goal. Ooh. So that... I've yeah. got one more clue, but I'm going to okay. say that after the break. Give okay. me time to think about it. The last clue might give it away. Okay, fine. 
Welcome back to the second half of the podcast. So before the break, I gave you clues to my halftime mm. teaser. Chris, have you got it yet, do you think? I'm not sure I have, Jack. No. I'll give you the last clue Go then, on, then, okay? He made two international appearances for Nigeria in 2004. <laughs> oh, yes. I'll have it now. You have got it now? Yes. Who do you think it is? Enoch Shawamni. And you'd be correct. The last clue's always a sort of... That, 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 that was always a bit of a giveaway. Did it come into your head at all beforehand? Who were you thinking when you had no. a... No. Luton, I was... Luton threw me off the track, but I should have really known that he was, he, he was at Luton. Um, I just didn't know whether you were throwing me a Dean Crow or something like that, but uh, no. I've got to be honest, I, was, I just randomly think of a name in my head and then yeah. I look them up and that's yeah. how I do it. No. So when I saw his debut coming against Argyle, I thought, well, that's perfect. I didn't know that. So. Well, any of the listeners who, who got it after the third or fourth close, well done. Yeah, get in touch. If you get yes. it, get in touch. Let us know yeah. how, you, how you're finding this yeah. halftime teaser. We thought we'd give you a little something for the yeah, break. No, so, uh, that was a good one, Jack. That, that got the brain cells going. <laughs> You've got, you've got it every time so far, so we need to, we, I need to find a harder <laughs> well, one. Yeah, I should really get the last clue, shouldn't I? Yeah, the last clue is always a bit I'd be disappointed one. if I hadn't got that one. So we were also speaking about the importance of Anthony Sarsavik before the break. Mm. Another player who's been important for Argyle recently, mm. especially in January, is Luke Jeffcott with the goals he's scored. Mm. And he's been shortlisted for the League Two Player of the Month. Yes, great for, for him. You know, what a marvellous January he had. Returning from his loan spell at Truro and in his first month, Five goals, four starts, one sub-appearance, and he's um, listed, as you say, for the Sky Bet League Two Player of the Month award with uh, Nicky Adams of Northampton Town, who must have been nominated for that award dozens of times mm. in his career. I mean, he's a, one of the most consistent League Two players you can you can find. Johnny Maxted, the ex-The City goalkeeper, who I think kept four clean sheets in January, if I remember rightly. And Ollie Palmer of Crawley, who scored against Argyle. <laughs> he um, did. Uh, and played well against them. I think he played, he got two goals in three games. So in three games, he got two goals in each of those right. runs um, as he scored six goals in January. So that's quite a stiff competition. If, um, if you're a betting man? What? If I was a betting man, I mean, Luke Jeff got a 20-year-old lad who's been playing non-league football for a team in Cornwall and then goes and scores five goals in four games for, for the team that surged up into promotion contention. I, I think he's got a great chance. Um, Johnny Tex- Maxson, keepers very rarely get it, do they? It's difficult for keepers uh, to win awards like this, particularly when there's goal scorers around. And Ollie Palmer's probably the main competition for Luke Jeffcott, I would have thought, because he got six goals in January. So he got one more mm-hmm. than Jeffcott. But Luke has got that great backstory, hasn't he, about January, start of January, non-league football, end of January he could be um, winning an award. So, fingers crossed anyway for him. Yeah, it's a, it's a great little story. And, mm-hmm. you know, might, I wonder if there's, there's probably been times in his career where, where he's been thinking, do I have a future at Argo? And he's certainly put himself in the mix now. So, well, good for him. you know, going out on loan in Truro and spending the first four or five months of the season now, I had a chance to speak to Paul Watson uh, last week about Luke. Mm, and, I read that piece. And uh, had a chat with him and he wasn't surprised. He, he's worked with Luke Jeffcott as a, as a youngster at Argyle and... Um, I think the point I took out of it was that he said that he's a natural finisher mm. and that is something that is very difficult to work on. You know, you can do lots of good things as a striker, but obviously the most important part of that job is goal scoring. Now, I know it sounds an obvious thing to say, but you know, if you can't put the ball in the back of the net, it doesn't matter how good your other link-up yeah. play and, and your runs and, and things like that. All strikers are judged on goals. Even in this day and age, you have to be able to score a reasonable amount. And um, Paul Watton made the point that 
and Jeff Cott, he thought, was a natural finisher. He's demonstrated that with the, the way he's taking his goals for, for our goal. So, yeah, um, yeah, we'll wait and find out. The winners are announced on Friday. So well, whoever cool. wins that award, their first mm-hmm. line should be, I'd like to thank Owen Doyle for this award for going back to Bradford <laughs> yes. and giving us all a chance. Absolutely. Because <laughs> Owen Doyle will probably win it in February. Yeah, he probably he knows, will. knows back at Swindon. Um, yeah. Luke Jeffcott, not the only um, Argyle player to mm. be nominated for an award, and Argyle are becoming regular fixtures in these awards. Mm. I think, was it Sarsavik nominated a couple of months mm-hmm. ago? Yeah. Um, so for, for the first successive month, Ryan Lowe has been nominated for Manager of the Month, up against David Artell of Crew, Keith Curl of Northampton Town, and Mike Flynn of Newport County. Will it be third time lucky for Mr Lowe? Well, it's got to be between him and Keith Curl, I reckon. Uh, I think Keith Curl's record technically, I think, is slightly better. Argyle got 13 points from six games. Uh, I think Northampton played five and had eleven or something like that. Um, so, um, so I think it'd be between those two. Uh, Northampton have had a really good rise up the table in recent weeks, and um, I did a piece on title odds. And I think Northampton were like twenty-five to one, and the, the run of form that they're on at the moment, I they're seven points off the lead. They're definitely a team that needs mm. to be needs to be watched. They made some good signings. Um, uh, just before the transfer window ended, Lloyd Jones, uh, yes. uh, the former Argyle defender, uh, Plymouth born, signed for them on loan for Luton. So Northampton are, are definitely a team to to watch out for. So yeah, between Keith Curl and Ryan Lowe, I think Ryan Lowe's got a great shout. I mean, three months running, it'd be pretty harsh not to give him the award in any of those three months, wouldn't it? I would say though, if he didn't win it, you know, it's encouraging that you, you know you're doing well if your manager's nominated for three months in a row, you know. Yes. Uh, how many of the ones that have won it have been nominated for three months in a row? So it yeah. means they're always there or thereabouts, yeah. which is a good sign. And at the end of the day, it's nice to win awards like this, but the only award that uh, Ryan Lowe and Luke Jeffcott will be interested in is winning promotion at the end of the season, yeah. and, and ideally with a league title uh, success. So, um, yeah, it'd be nice if they won it, but you know, not, not the end of the world if they don't. Definitely not. And um, We spoke about Argo not being at their best in recent games, um, but they do have three tough fixtures coming up, don't they? I mean, a, a very big seven, eight days coming up, starting on Saturday. It is Colchester away, who are sixth. What were they unbeaten in seventeen until they went to Cambridge United, who just uh, sacked their head coach Colin Calderwood, and look, that must have looked like a near certain three points for Colchester. And then, in true League Two style, <laughs> Colchester take a one 0 lead and must have thought that they were home and dry, and then they somehow managed to lose two one. And I saw. Um, their manager's quotes, uh, John McGreal, done a fantastic job at Colchester and he was really unhappy with his team's performance. Even when they took the lead, he wasn't pleased, but mm. um, he was very disappointed with their performance. So I suspect that this is one of those games where one of the biggest problems Argyle are going to face is that they're going to be playing a team who are going to be trying to prove to their manager that they're better a lot better than they showed against Paul Cambridge. Paul Starkey always used to talk about, was it a wounded animal he used to call them? Definitely a wounded animal uh, coming off that. Then uh, we've got the trip to Salford City next Tuesday, my first trip and probably most people's first trip to the Peninsula Stadium. You don't have many firsts. No, no, this is, no, this is a, a, an actual first. I, I don't even really know where the ground is at the moment. I've, I've done a little bit of prep, but not too much. So um, a bit of a trip into the unknown. Salford... They've got some very talented players. They, they, I think they signed two or three people on the transfer deadline day. James Wilson raised a lot of eyebrows. James Wilson, the former Manchester United striker. Um, actually, Eastham was at Fleetwood, a uh, very good defender. Uh, you've got Jake Jervis there. Carl uh, Leveran's played a few games in goal for them recently. Oscar Threlkel's there. Um, 
Adam Rooney up front who played for Aberdeen last season. They've got some prop. They've got some proper players, so that will be a, a difficult one. And then perhaps you know the most significant of all three games that they've got coming up is against Crewe the following Saturday, mm-hmm. the fifteenth of February. As we sit here right now, Argyle a third, Crewe a second, Argyle are a point behind Crewe. You know that's a, that's going to be even in mid February that that match has an awful lot of importance attached to it. So um, a good test of where they are, Argyle. I think this the next few games. You're playing Colchester, who are sixth away from home. Salford, who uh, are not quite as high as that, but when you look at their team on paper, that's got to be one of the best teams on mm. paper in the division. And then Crew, who are second and are one of the best teams in the division. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a tough, tough run of games coming up, but you just got to keep grinding away. And talking about Colchester, mm. they've not lost at home since October the nineteenth, and that was another Barmy League Two result. It's a one 0 defeat to Morecambe, another <laughs> team that have been struggling. So you you know that the two defeats in nineteen games, whatever it is, have come against Cambridge and Morecambe. Yes, yeah. it's. it's Bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. How do you explain that one? But, but you've been uh, to their stadium before, fans got a nice stadium to look forward to? Yes, it's, I think it's called the, the Community Stadium and then they have a sponsor, I can't think of who the sponsor is at the moment, but they, um, it's out of town, it's, uh, they were at Layer Road, I don't know if listeners ever went to Layer Road, that was quite a small, compact, um, old, very old-fashioned ground. Uh, the Community Stadium, out of town, just off the A12, easy to get to. Nice all-seater mm. ground, uh, four standalone stands, so there's gaps in each corner. But yeah, a nice ground, nice place to go and watch your football. Um, you fancy joining us, Jack? I will. I'll be. I'll be on the players' players' coach. I won't be on the players' coach. <laughs> I wish I was. I'll be impressed with that. I'll be on the fans' coach yeah. from. Uh, I think leaving at six thirty. My dad is from Colchester, so right. going back to where he was from. Um, I'm looking forward to it, actually. It's another ground to tick off my list. I know you've got Salford to tick off yours mm. coming up. I would have liked to have gone to Salford, but mm-hmm. I'm oh. working on the Tuesday. On the Tuesday's a bit tricky. So I'll pass six in the morning, so... If, if you're on the coach, you can sleep. I can sleep on coaches, so yeah. I'll be all right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a long old trek, but the, as I say, the, one of the good things is it's so accessible off mm. the A12, so it's easy to get in and out of the ground. and it's it, it, It's a modern ground, and it's not necessarily near... Uh, the high streets or pubs and things like that but there's plenty of space plenty of parking which doesn't really matter too much when you're travelling by coach I know but it's it's quite a nice place to go and watch football I would have thought and a good time to watch Argyle away from home they're doing alright at the moment and against a good team so fingers crossed a good game yes absolutely and I know, you know Colchester 6 Argyle good run of form away from home yeah it's got the makings of a really good game well, thanks, Chris, for turning up this week. Uh, unfortunately, Neil Warnock didn't, but that's fine. No, <laughs> we'll let him off, won't we? You can't have everything, can you? Um, but we'll be back next week for more of the same.